It's hour number two of day number one of 2024. BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. I'm Jim Rodriguez with Joe O. Aaron and Ed are enjoying this first day of 2024 and wish them a happy new year and happy new year to you for hanging out with us. And now we're going to continue to talk about some NFL, what week 17 left us and what's ahead as we go into the final week of the NFL season. We're joined by Odyssey NFL insider, Jason LaConfora. He's the host of the Odyssey original podcast in the huddle with Brian Baldinger and Carl Dukes covering the entire NFL. Jason, uh, happy new year to you, my friend and yours. I guess my first question would be if who is actually in worse shape right now in terms of a fan base? The Eagles who are dropping or the Dolphins? I would say maybe the Dolphins for me living in South Florida because we're they're used to this stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's an interesting question. Um, my, my, I'm closer to Philadelphia. You know, I, I live in Baltimore. Um, we, we, I think, share some, some sentiments and some uh, – <laughs> fan characteristics probably with with the Eagles uh and Philadelphia fans in general I think it's probably Philadelphia because like when Miami was on top of the world you know it, it really like it wasn't it, it wasn't by nature sustainable you know what I mean like they weren't like Mostert wasn't going to average six five a carry you know and the chain wasn't going to average nine a carry all season you know what I mean like they weren't going to be uh, efficiency-wise, maybe the greatest rushing team in the history of the game and the greatest passing team in the history of the game. And when you came out of that 70-20 game against Denver, like really, you know, we're now like, what, six weeks into the season and, and everything they're doing is off the charts. And there was inherent regression. And there's still the lingering questions of what happens when they play somebody really real? What happens when they play somebody really real on the road? The Eagles had kind of dismissed that. And the Eagles are 10-1, and one, but the Eagles are winning in different ways. Like, the Eagles are just that team that finds ways to win. They're not as good running the ball as they were a year ago. They're not as good passing the ball as they were a year ago. They're not as good stopping the run as they were a year ago. They're certainly not as good generating pass rush as they were a year ago. The secondary sure as hell isn't good, as good as it was a year ago. But they've all kind of been there, done that, right? They found ways to win games. They're all about winning games. Jalen Hurts has had a remarkable regular season record in that point since, you know, they changed the system to kind of cater to him midseason a few years back. So I think it's probably a little more jarring for them because it's it's not like they were doing it at this level where you were like, well, what happens, you know, when they don't run for six yards of carry some week because they're not going to run for six yards of carry every week. Um, Philly wasn't doing it that way. And now they both are kind of in a similar spot, right? Where they're um, not only have they fallen back to the pack, they've fallen back to the pack so far that their division uh, status is in jeopardy as, as terms of a division winner. Um, you know, I feel sorry for Miami because they're real, the injuries, I, I think, have, have been so dramatic. And for them to overdo what they were doing without Phillips, you know, and without Holland, and then you get one of those guys back and now Chubb's out and – you know, most are, I don't know if he's going to play next week. My, my hunch is that even if he does, he's nowhere close to himself. You know, Tyreek Hill spent time on the sidelines again getting looked at yesterday. He hasn't been quite right in five weeks. Um, Waddle's not going to play in this game, I don't think. Uh, 
you know, Robbie Chosen, he needs to step up. There has to be another speed downfield element in that passing game. You know, the tight end, Smythe, like, he had a nice game. Do I think the Bills are letting him beat them? No. So, um, and the offensive line, you know, has been a mash unit. They can't get the same five guys together every week. And they're playing the Buffalo Bills, right, who that's not a great matchup. Uh, Jason, let's let's sit on the uh, the Ravens after yesterday's incredible performance. Now Lamar, you could find him minus twenty thousand for MVP. The the market's saying yeah, it, it it's completely over after so, those five touchdowns. Yep. Uh, you do afternoons one oh five seven the fan in uh, in Baltimore. So tell us about the temperature of the fan base, and is there such a thing as a, a team that the Ravens don't want to face? Like what's what's a bad matchup? How can they be attacked? Well, I don't know that the Cleveland Browns are a good matchup for anybody. And we've been talking about Mm -hmm. this on my show since Flacco returned. And Flacco, you know, look, Flacco's an iconic player here. Flacco had one of the greatest playoff runs in postseason history by any player. And for him to do it as a Baltimore quarterback, where the first time the Ravens won a Super Bowl, you'll recall it was Trent Dilfer, and he didn't have a whole lot to do with it. Right. It was the defense and the run game and special teams and, you know, explosive plays on defense, explosive plays on special teams, you know, and then a a three yard slant to uh, Shannon Sharp and, you know, out in Oakland. And he takes it the 85 yards to the house like the quarterback was just along for the ride. So for Flacco to do what he did um, and and outdoor, you know, the likes of Peyton Manning and and those guys, it, it was it was pretty phenomenal. So when he returned, it was obviously a big talking point here. He returns in the division. And then it went from being cute to being pretty real. And then the debate has raged on and more people have come to my side, which is you don't want that coming here. Like they've got nothing to fear. They are the ultimate team with money in the bank. Those fans thought their season was over three different times this year, right, with all the quarterback changes. Like when Watson got hurt the first time and then Watson comes back and gets hurt again. You know, and then, oh, Dorian Thompson Robinson. Okay, maybe, maybe we can talk ourselves into that. And then he gets knocked out of the game in Denver, and it's like we're back to P.J. Walker. And then for Flacco to have done what, what he's done, um, they're going to throw the ball 45 times. They're going to throw the ball with reckless abandon. They're not going to care about the inherent couple of interceptions that will come with that volume. They're going to keep chucking it. They're going to chuck it with Amari Cooper. They're going to chuck it without Amari Cooper. And that defense, when it's right, is dominant. Now, they're not always right on the road, for sure. But, you know, the Ravens are still rotating tackles. And the Ravens' offensive line is is one of the weaknesses of this team. And they don't have many. But that that has been a weakness from time to time this season. And we know what Miles Garrett and Darius Smith and those guys can do. Um, there's a lot of familiarity there. Their defensive coordinator, Jim Schwartz, um, knows this organization inside out. He's a local guy, cut his teeth with the Browns slash Ravens a long time ago. Uh, and, and again, um, they're beat up in the secondary right now, and I don't know what it's going to look like three weeks from now, but those guys coming in bombs away with Flacco, who we know has had monster playoff games before and is totally unflappable. Uh, they can score very quickly, and they just came in here, what, six weeks ago and won a game 39-38. So that's one that I think be careful what you ask for. Jason, I, I... – I think we've almost forgotten about, or maybe they're just not cool to talk about these days because of all the things that have gone wrong off the field. But what about the Kansas City Chiefs? I mean, 
I mean, you look at them, they're four to one to win the AFC. They're nine to one to win the Super Bowl. Defending champions, they still have all the tools. I know that it's been it's been a bumpy ride, but you look up, bam, they're a division winner. They're gonna get a home game. You, you buying the Chiefs at all? Uh not the way that we normally buy the Chiefs, no. Um, you know, I, I'll be looking to play in all likelihood, especially once they get on the road. Uh, they're rushing props and unders in their games. The way the Chiefs are going to win is by Steve Spagnuolo winning and tamping down other offenses and pulling these games into the low 20s. You know, I don't think the Chiefs win games above 24-21. You know, I don't think the Chiefs can win games that go over 45 right now. Not not against the kind of teams they're going to play in the playoffs. I, I, I just – I don't think that's going to be um, a very reasonable expectation that they're going to flick a switch. I mean – That's another week where you're thinking if ever there was going to be a bounce back Mahomes downfield passing game to Kelsey, that's Mm -hmm. going to be it against the defense that's given up like 60 more yards to to tight ends than anybody else, you know, against the defense in which, you know, pedestrian tight ends go, you know, six catches, 70 yards, a touchdown. And it it still wasn't there. You know, it it wasn't. And And the defense just destroyed uh, the Browning kid late in the game, and and you saw the Bengals' offensive line kind of falter there, but that was still, I mean, that was still a ball game to the end, and and I, I don't think there's much confidence in anybody in their passing game. You know, Valdez Scantling, he's in his own head now. You can only throw to Kelsey and Rice so many times, uh, but if you're looking for hope, it's Pacheco, and like a lot of people are like, oh well, they're just going to have to lean into the screen game and throw you know, 13 passes for 65 yards to get down the field. I don't think Mahomes can do that. I don't think he wants to do that. I don't think he will do that. It's got to be Pacheco. You know, Pacheco's going to have to get off. Those those two tackles who aren't very good at pass pro are going to have to be pretty good moving people sideways and moving people backwards. And and I think Andy Reid, especially if he gets McKinnon back, I think Andy Reid's going to be trying to run the ball 35 times a game. You know, I'm going to be going over on Pacheco attempts, over on Pacheco yards. You know, Pacheco's probably going to be the guy finishing drives one way or another like we saw yesterday because the red zone passing issue is just – if they couldn't fix it against that Bengals secondary, I just don't think it's fixable. The 49ers remain uh, the Super Bowl favorite. They're 2-1 to to win the Super Bowl. They are minus 120. Yeah, you got to lay a price over at BetMGM uh, for them in just to come out of the NFC. Cowboys are second on that list. What, uh, after San Francisco, what's the scariest team in the NFC? I think after San Francisco, it's it's totally wide open. Um, you know, I, I can't stump for any of those teams. I, I do like the Rams. And look, the Rams... Sean McVay has to understand that you need to keep the kill switch on, you know, until there's about two or three minutes left in these games. You can't, you can't, he could do anything he wanted in that passing game with Matt Stafford. And in the third quarter, he decided not to, you know, to do that anymore. And it, it should have cost him the game. Uh, it, it, it got way closer against Washington than it should have. Um, even the saints, you know, like, so has that lesson been learned? If it has, and we're not going to find out this week, right? Because that's now a pretty meaningless game against the 49ers. But if it has, that's an incredibly dangerous team to me. Um, because they can they can run or throw to get up on you. 
And if they do get up on you, the run game is robust enough that they can they can take the air out of the ball. Now, again, the coach can't decide to take the air out of the ball with 18 minutes left in a, in a professional football game, you know, when especially when the other team is going to have something to play for. Um, but I, I think they're pretty viable, man. Uh, I, I do. Um, I mean, they're they're in 11 personnel 97% of the time, and people can't do much about it. Like, they're getting to 27 or 28 without trying. And then again, it's will he step on your neck till he gets 34, till he gets 37. But, and I know Shanahan's had his number, right? But I, I don't think Shanahan would be real excited about facing um, the Rams right now. Uh, and the Packers, you're like, if the Packers get in, and, and the the run game has been the run defense has been tweaked a little bit, or if if they found something there to make that a little more viable, uh, I think they could I think they could be a little tricky, especially if they're playing you know in perfect conditions. And if you look at what Jordan Love has done, it's only been like four games now in indoors, but it's mm-hmm. it's pretty tricky. Like it's pretty good. Like if they had to go back to Detroit. Uh, I, I I might be on Green Bay's side there, even as well as Detroit runs the ball and even as, as much as Green Bay struggles to defend the run. Talking to Odyssey NFL insider Jason Locke on Fora. Uh, speaking of the Lions and also speaking of the Cowboys, a tight, tight game over the weekend marred by a, a, a referee uh, mistake. Lions and Cowboys, who would you give the nod to come a post? Who can have a deeper postseason run? We both know the, the, the history of the Cowboys, but the Lions, there's a narrative there. Who are you siding on a Lions-Cowboys uh, deep playoff run? Lions. Lions all day long. It's not even close to me. The, the, the Cowboys can't run the ball or stop the run. I mean, maybe I'm just a dinosaur. You know, I, I'm a child of the 70s. You know, I, I grew up when running backs were – the faces of the league, but, and, and but I, I'm, I'm not like, you know, I don't have my head in the sand and I'm very aware of DVOA and EPA and modern efficiencies in the past game and the importance of throwing early downs and early down play action and all that. But uh, Mike McCarthy is not a good head coach. Uh, <laughs> Mike McCarthy is an especially bad head coach in close and late situations. Mike McCarthy needs to be up by eight or more at the half. Um, that's not always going to be the case. Uh, they need to be at home. Uh, just look at their defense. People talk about the offense and what it's like when they're not on a fake surface, when they're not in a dome. Um, the defensive efficiencies fall off pretty dramatically as well when they're not in a dome, um, when they're not on a fast track. So, no, I, I, don't, I don't. They should have lost that game. I mean, look, if Ben Johnson doesn't get too cute, that game's over – like in the third quarter, if they just get the volume they should have had in the run game, I buy Detroit way more than Dallas. Dallas is sitting there waiting for somebody um, who can play bully ball to knock them off early. Nice, nice. I'll remember that. That was Odyssey NFL insider Jason Lockenfora. Make sure to follow in the huddle on the Odyssey app or subscribe where you get your podcasts. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Up next, all our plays for the college football playoff. It's Alabama and Michigan. Oh, Nelly. We'll be back. BetQL Daily will be right back on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM.